Hey everyone, this is Chris. I, uh, I want to apologize for the audio on this episode. I, uh, I thought I had switched uh, the audio over to our mixer, but I accidentally recorded the entire episode on my Mac microphone that I'm using right now to record this apology. Um, I- I'm so sorry. Please listen to the episode. It's a, it's a very funny episode, and uh, I really think you guys are going to like it. Um, the audio does get worse as it goes along. Uh, I did my best. But hey, you guys signed up for a podcast about dumb guys, so uh, this is what you get. This is a, a, a pure idiot's move, and I am an idiot's idiot. So uh, please enjoy the episode, and uh, I will uh, do my best in the future. Thanks, guys. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Dumb Guy Book Club. We got a real uh, doozy for you today. My name is Chris. I'm Jacob. And uh, we read a little book called The Kim Kardashian Principle, or as I will be referring to it from now on, The KKP. The KKP. <laughs> it was written by uh, a bit of a multi-tool. His name is Jitendra Sedev. Yeah. I'm only saying his name like that because I had to write it out phonetically because there's too many vowels for consonant should be in it. Yeah, I have, not too many. I have Midwestern mouth. I yeah, I, I can't pronounce any name more co- complicated than Cheeseman. Yeah, I'm from Oklahoma and I pronounce everything wrong. <laughs> yeah. I say legs instead of legs. Hey. All right, so Jitendra Sedev, he's a uh, does it all. Not only is he a celebrity branding authority, he's a New York Times best-selling author. Uh, let me uh, tell you a little bit about our man Sedev. Described by Us Weekly as Hollywood's new phenom, Jitendra Sedev is the world's leading celebrity expert. A trailblazer in pop culture insights, he has become one of the most prominent figures in celebrity news and a sought-after advisor to top international companies. (laughs) Jitendra's research on the power of YouTube stars continues to make global headlines and has gained him influencer status and over a million subscribers on social media. My favorite platform is social media. He is a familiar face on shows like Access Hollywood and CNN Tonight. And he regularly writes opinion pieces for publications like The Guardian and Forbes. A graduate of Oxford University and Harvard Business School, G. Tendra is a British national who now lives in sunny Los Angeles, where he teaches at the University of Southern California. Um, is that enough background for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's li- did you just read his author bio from the book? No, it's from the dome. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I read his author. I read his bio from his website. Okay. <laughs> Even better. Um, before we get into this book, I'd like to say uh, this book is presented as though it's going to be like celebrity brand advice. But in reality, what it is, is it's a memoir about all the cool stuff he's done and parties he's been to. Respectfully disagree. I learned a lot from this book. I think it was fantastic and very helpful. Here comes the button pushing. No, it's not button pushing. I'm going to get you to break. You hated this guy in this book as much as I did. It's not button pushing. I liked this book. I learned so much. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. I learned the principle of selfie. 
<laughs> what is the principle of selfie? Well, the principle of selfie is the methodology behind the Kim Kardashian principle. Uh, can I read real quick what the Kim Kardashian principle is? Please do. we got to let these people know. So what is the Kim Kardashian principle, or KKP, as he puts it? It's breakthrough by becoming your own champion. Ooh. It will help you and your ideas connect with today's audiences who are radically different from their predecessors. It won't be easy, though. It takes time and energy to unlearn deeply ingrained attitudes and behaviors and truly open your mind to seeing the world in a different way. The KKP requires you to use both <laughs> to both use reason and acknowledge emotions. It requires you to be brave enough to follow through and act on your convictions. Once you take the plunge, it's worth it. It's effective as well as empowering to say and mean, this is who I am. This is what I believe. And this is what my idea is about. Love it or leave it. Goddamn right. That's inspiring. <laughs> I don't see your issues with that at all. Um, now, why Kim Kardashian, though? Great idea. Well, uh, if I remember correctly, he chose Kim Kardashian because of her authenticity. Um, and mainly because um, you want your products and ideas to be loved, obsessed over, and shared then you need to follow the lead of the most loved, obsessed over, and shared celebrity. <laughs> there is Kim Kardashian. Sure. The number one celebrity in the world. That's why she hosts all the award shows. Mm -hmm. And that's why she is on every billboard and endorses every product, Chris, because she is the most loved celebrity right. in the world. Right. And she's very authentic. Everything she says and does is because yes. that's who she, she is. She's true to herself. Yeah. She's not, you know, making anything up for the camera. Can I fucking explain selfie, please? Yeah. What is selfie is an acronym. What does the acronym stand for? Surprise, expose, lead, flaws, intimate, execute. <laughs> Only one of those is not a verb. <laughs> but that's okay. They all have to be verbs. That's him showing his, his authenticity, bro. Um, do you want to go through each little thing he said about selfie before we get into discussion questions? I feel like it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love flaws. Flaws is my favorite. <laughs> because you got to embrace your flaws, dude. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Remember, are you familiar with a uh, little person that I like to refer to as Shia LaBeouf? Oh, I am very familiar. And uh, he is painted as a very smart person. Well, yeah, he is. Um, remember when he did that thing that people got mad at him about and he said he was not a celebrity that I can't recall what he did because it's not important? <laughs> yeah. What did he do? Uh, what well, which thing? Well, he's, so he plagiarized uh, a story. Oh, yeah, right? that's, yeah, he's a plagiarist and then he's like, I'm not famous. And guess what? By admitting his flaws and then be exposing himself mm -hmm. with his flaws and, um, uh, executing. Yeah. He, uh, got a lot of attention, Chris. Yeah. And attention is always good. Uh, it's in always this day and age, yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. In our twenty-four hour news cycle society, sure it is. Sure, I I, I agree. Um, Are we not doing this because we want attention? Don't we want people to listen? No, we're doing this because uh, we want money. We I want greenbacks. Not doing it for my health. That's for sure. <laughs> Let's get into these discussion questions. I wish I had people could see. <laughs> you look so comfortable right now. I am. I'm comfortable because I'm relaxed <laughs> talking about a book that I. <laughs> I hated this guy. In this you book. know why I'm comfortable right now, Chris? <laughs> what? Because authenticity is the key. Uh, okay, let's get to the first question then. What was the most compelling advice? Why don't you make eye contact? There we go. <laughs> what's, Excuse me? what's the most compelling advice the author gave? Oh, I would have to read the entire book to answer that question. Honestly, um, what's well, what, what resonated with you? Uh, what resonated with me 
is to um, kind of expose myself. Sure. You know, really get my visibility out there, my brand visibility. So I got an Instagram. <laughs> yeah. You can follow me on Instagram. It's nubile.nfl.fan. <laughs> Not a joke. That's my uh, Instagram name. Yeah. Um, and I'm really kind of exposing myself. I, you know, I, I'm humanizing myself because people, a lot of people either see me as this figure on stage uh, doing uh, stand-up or they, I'm just a voice in their earphones. Sure. I'm trying to expose myself. Another thing is um, embracing my flaws. I'm a very flawed <laughs> man, right? I, I agree. And I haven't said it before, but I'll say it right now. I am not actually an alcoholic. I can drink when I want and when I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. So I'm embracing my flaws. I was telling myself that I was an alcoholic and I wasn't drinking, but no, I'm just not drinking because I don't want to. Yeah. I'm embracing my flaws and I'm sharing them right now. I'm executing I think that's all horrible advice this guy's I think it's, I think it's great advice <laughs> because I'm finally being true to myself. I'm being authentic and transparent with my audience. And guess what, Chris? You, you're going to have to face it. The older people, the old folks, uh, the old market, the old audience, <laughs> yeah. they're all dying. Yeah. And guess what? We got this new generation in here who is demolishing the old school way of thought. I agree. Of how to connect with an audience and how to receive new media, really. And now I'm connecting with that audience. And you I, sound like you are in a cult. <laughs> I'm sorry that I read this book and it helped me. Here's the most compelling advice I think he gives, which is um, after the uh, Charlie Hebdo shooting, <laughs> mm -hmm. I think we all remember that. Someone asked him to uh, go on TV and talk about uh, Hollywood's embrace of the Jesui Charlie. And he said he refused to do it because it would be, he doesn't think Hollywood's being authentic when they say that. And he said, I needed to stick to my gunge. J-Sui Charlie equals J-Sui me, which means I am me, right? Because J-Sui means I am. Yeah. Kevin Durant tweets stuff like that all the time. I'm me. Easy. Little Wayne used to say, because I'm me. Sure. Um, what's wrong with that, man? What's wrong with staying true to yourself and not wanting to be a poser like a lot of people in Hollywood? No, I just love, you know, you got to change those hashtags. I'm not a fake Hollywood fuck. <laughs> Jay Sweet Lowry. <laughs> Please, let's get you killed. So. I'm authentic, man. I have the word dead tattooed on my body twice. <laughs> that is true. This one is not a... <laughs> Albert KFAB. This is for sure true. Hey, you realize that on Saturday. <laughs> and guess what? I'm embracing it and I'm exposing it. Thanks to my man, G Tinder. <laughs> Alright, well here, let me challenge let me challenge your your love of this book. Alright, yeah, try to challenge me. Let's see what fucking happens now that I have the fucking selfie prints one grand. <laughs> What's the worst advice he gives? The worst advice he gives? Yeah. Um and drawing a plank right now because I honestly can't think of anything. Okay, because I can think of a section in which he gives some of the worst advice I've ever heard in my entire life. Okay. Um. Let's see. Alright. I gotta start this off with a little bit of backstory. Here. Maybe when he says YouTube celebrities are the new A-listers. I don't believe that because those guys are losers. Mm -hmm. And in my book, in my authentic book of life, uh, they're not A-listers. Yeah. A-listers, it's um, Brad Pitt. It's Clooney. And all. 
You hear that, PewDiePie? Shots fired, motherfucker. Yeah. We're coming for you. Go fuck yourself, you talentless idiot. Absolutely. Uh, Here's a little backstory before I get into his bad advice. Oh, man. In 1998, Jared Fogel was a 425-pound college student ashamed of his body, unpopular with girls, ostracized by his peers, and very lonely. What'd he do? When the fat around his neck started choking him in his sleep, Fogel realized (laughs) he needed to make a change. Wait, wait, stop, stop, stop. (laughs) It's so funny. <laughs> Jared dropped 245 pounds over half his body weight, and the rest, as they say, is history. But he was still very. He's still <laughs> <fat>. <laughs> years later, the Subway so spokesman was making a killing, promoting his tale of turkey sandwiches everywhere from Dr. Phil to troop bases in the Middle East. Other Subway spokespeople with stronger power, such as Olympian Michael Phelps, came and went. But it was Jared's every man tale of beating his bulge with six-inch sandwiches that created the most buzz. So really good alliteration. We all know what happened to Jared Fogel after that, right? Which is uh, a... What are you talking about? A little bit of a pedophile, this guy. What? Yeah. He became a foot doctor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he became a foot doctor. A pedophile. <laughs> yeah. Pedo meaning foot. Yes. <laughs> File meaning aficionado. Yeah. Uh-huh. So foot doctor. Exactly. Oh, um, shit. You know what? I think I'm confused. Uh, podiatrist, pedophile again. Well, so do you remember, uh, or some of our listeners might, a little tweeter named Zola. She tweeted a story about how she went to Florida with this girl she knew and they... Yeah, it's all fake. Yeah, yeah, it's all fake. But uh, so his advice to Subway was when... This, they found out that Jared Fogel was a pedophile. What they should have done is tweet very personal stories about having, as he put it, a first-hand experience with a pedophile and really embraced the dark nature of Jared's deeds. Yeah, why not? Why not embrace the flaws you exposed? <laughs> Could you imagine the Subway like Twitter account tweeting out, Jared had a cold handshake. I knew right then that there was something dark about this guy. I knew his wife's name was Kipney. But he wouldn't stop saying that name in his sleep. He kept buying my daughter presents. I never knew why, but now it all makes so much sense. Okay, See, this would be a bad idea for Subway to do. They well, should... no, it's a bad idea for me because that's not authentic for me. I'm not a faceless corporation like Subway. Sure. You're right, maybe that is bad advice because Subway is not an individual. So well, maybe wow. he was a bit off base, but it was well, it's well-meaning advice. Corporations are people. According to Ron, United States law. United States law, they get the same tax breaks as people, right? Baby United States law. Citizens United. They I'm are people. I'm not trying to, I, okay, look, everyone in our society is trying to politicize everything. I'm not trying to <laughs> politicize this advice. Fair enough. Uh, next question. Uh, is the, off, the author's life story relatable? If so, how? And if no, why not? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, 100%. And what, yeah. what parts of his story did okay. you find? What part of him drinking at the the chateau whatever did you find relatable? I drank at a hotel. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Immediately parallel. Sure. Um, let's see. I kind of fancy myself a middle class everyman of sorts. Uh-huh. I didn't grow up with um, a lot of luxuries. I had to share a car with my parents until I was 21, 22. <laughs> um, I know what it's like growing up, you know, a kid and fighting for your degree and fighting for your career and your dream. Yeah, I don't think he ever fought for his degree. You don't think he fought for his degree? He has a degree from Oxford and Harvard. You don't think that took hard work and dedication? Um, no. You, okay, explain to me how 
um, that didn't take hard work or dedication. You should understand this of anyone because you went back to school. Sure, yeah. And I, I find college is not that hard. Uh, well, and uh, especially if you're an Ivy yeah. League rich kid. Excuse me, college pay, is not that pay hard. Pay your way. Yeah, yeah. Jared went to... It's incredibly difficult. And I've seen you very stressed out. I'm not trying to like... I'm not trying to, you know... Yeah, no. I, I'm going to shit on Harvard right now. Harvard is the fucking worst. It is the worst institution in America. Harvard? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's the worst institution in America. <laughs> yes. I mean that. The absolute worst. It, Out of all it, the institutions it produces, in America... It produces some of the most horrible people who have ever walked the face of this earth. <laughs> um, there are also some good people that went there. All right. Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Natalie Portman went to Harvard. I, I, I rest my case. She's a Hollywood A-lister. What's wrong? Have you ever heard a rap before? It's funny. <laughs> I'm sure she does stuff with Jimmy Fallon. That's how you should... Anytime somebody does, like, a celebrity rap thing, like... <laughs> Oh man, have you ever heard the Macho Man Randy Savage rap? It's really funny. <laughs> it is. Um, there are a lot of great men who went to Harvard okay. and women. Jared Kushner. Uh, Jared Kushner went to Harvard, and he is a high-ranking position in the White House and the government. That's true. So you're trying to politicize things again, Chris. You're trying to make everything so fucking politicized. And you're trying to spew your mm -hmm. own political drivel. And I agree with a lot of your beliefs that you hold. But this isn't about politics. He is an inherently successful man. I'm just trying to be my authentic self and say, fuck the Ivy League. Fuck everyone who thinks the Ivy League makes you an intelligent or good person. It does, and it does. <laughs> All right. Um, name another guy who went to Harvard. I'll tell you if he's good or not. Uh, Henry Kissinger. Henry Kissinger. Um, you sure talk about him a lot. So he's doing something right. That's true. People are oh, talking wow. about that, him. Yeah, people talk about him a lot. And guess what? Jitendra talks about that in his book. How get the people talking. We should write a book about how secretly bombing Cambodia is a good PR move. Look, man, I saw that Rambo that never exists. Yeah, those Cambodians are there's some mean suckers. They're shooting their own people and blowing them up. Yeah, the, the, the people had to run through those rice fields full of mines. Yeah. It's a real shame. If anything, that sounds like a liberation issue. <laughs> Not much, unlike uh, Shock and Awe, which spawned one of the greatest country albums of all time, Shock and Y'all, by Toby Keith. Toby Keith, what was he doing? He was being authentic, yeah. staying true to himself. Do Same I, with when he went to Saudi Arabia and <laughs> played songs for all the people he was writing about. Just was... because you go, just because you go and do your job, yeah. doesn't mean that you're being authentic. You have to do your job. You have to keep the bills paid. He has several estates, and electricity ain't cheap when you got 20, 30 rooms. That's fair. Look, I don't agree with the political or social beliefs of most of these people we're talking about, but that's totally fine because they have used the uh, selfie principle and are successful <laughs> people. You know what? I guess I can't argue with no that. No matter how ill-gotten and... Today's world, success is success. You beat me with my own logic, and I take yeah. my cap to you, sir. Thank you. I applaud That's you. That's all I wanted. I just wanted a little bit of your respect. All right. Uh, next question. Okay. Would you recommend this book to someone looking for business advice? Yeah. I actually, um, I was at a meeting at my job, and I uh, loudly talked over the speaker. <laughs> I read this book. Um, I was asked to leave, and I have to meet with HR on Friday. Oh, man, that's a real bummer. But they should oh, no, it's cool. I'm going to bring my copy of the book. <laughs> and then I'll probably get a bonus or a raise or something. <laughs> that's fair enough. I also would recommend this for anyone looking for business advice, because if you're looking for business advice, you're 
dummy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> your big dumb dummy. Yeah, being a small business owner and trying to spread your brand. I hate small businesses. I want them all gone. Only big businesses. Okay, big businesses need to <laughs> reevaluate how they're how they're branding with their audiences too, Chris. That's fair. Um, like Subway. Next question. Subway, you should have taught given graphic accounts of pedophilia. <laughs> their experience with interacting yeah. with pedophiles. And they should have just they should have just recorded a guy talking and then that brand new key song is playing faintly over it. <laughs> I got a brand new pair of roller skates. There's another part of this book where uh, he goes to lunch with this Hollywood executive and this Hollywood executive starts using the N-word really loosely around him. And now remind our audience, what is the N-word? Uh, you say it. No thank you. <laughs> uh, but he goes... Uh, I'm sure you say it in your sleep a lot. Hey, buddy. I don't know if you know that. I only want my dicks in your ass. <laughs> a bit more will. <laughs> yeah, um, but so he, here's his advice if you're ever in a Hollywood power meeting and you hear a person be really racist like that. Rather than demonize others for their bigotry, I started thinking about the power of an extreme perspective to express yourself and break through, not in the right way, in quotes, a deter as determined by others' standards, but in your way of your own standards. Like, yes, leave Nazis alone. They have their own standards for living their life and their own audience to reach out to. <laughs> uh, I won't even pretend to defend that. <laughs> That's some short-sighted bullshit. I think it's great advice. <laughs> Not even going to pretend that. All right. Uh, next question. Would you recommend this book to someone who has recently suffered a brain injury? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because it's written as if the author. <laughs> yes. I think if you recently had a concussion and you need, like, you want entertainment, but you can't use a lot of your brain functionality, <laughs> this book is the perfect book for someone in that situation. Honestly, I kind of disagree. It's really hard to read. <laughs> Can I break character now? Yes, please, please do. I've been waiting for it. Oh, I was going to do the whole thing. No, I knew it would happen eventually. God damn it, you're right. You know me too well. I wasn't being authentic at all. You threatened before we started that you would do this the whole time, and right, I, I knew it would. That's not too much. Okay. Um, here's the big question. I got a couple more, but here's the big one. Oh, we'll get to a big gift early. Uh, did the author come off as authentic to you? Yeah, I guess, because he's authentically an idiot. See, I, I so here would be my, here's my theory, here's my couch psychology of Jitendra. Oh, here we go. Uh, is that I think he's just... Jitendra. Jitendra, sorry. So sorry. I think he's just a rich guy who wanted to be famous he was like i'm rich i don't understand why i'm not both he rich and famous, famous right he yeah. talks about that in the forward to his book about how when he was a kid he would put uh he put a picture of los angeles for the hollywood yeah. sign above his bed he would just sit in bed and look at it and he would masturbate <laughs> <laughs> oh absolutely i'm trying to find that passage but yeah he, he doesn't ex like ex explicitly say that but you know he looked at it and masturbated right? yeah here it is when i returned to england i attached a poster of the city of angels with a crystal clear view of the city skyline and the hollywood sign over my bed every night i escaped to hollywood if only in my mind to survive the bullying culture of, of colston's my all boys secondary school i knew i had to break free from the rigid 
hierarchical, hierarchical character building world in which I was trapped. I needed to go back to L.A. One day with my face smashed against the wall, receiving my fifth wedgie of the week. It mm, dawned yeah, on me at that moment as the, the, the elastic snap that uh, one way I could get to California was to become a plastic surgeon. Despite a brief detour into runway modeling, we, all, <laughs> we all have our moments. I had stayed on track and went to Bristol University to pursue a career in medicine. But after my first behind-the-scenes look at the UK's distinctly unglamorous national health system, boo, fuck you, you fucking asshole, uh, I received that my desire to heal others was misplaced. Uh, oh, is it because doctors can't get super rich there? Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the problem with socialized medicine is that this fucking asshole didn't want to be a doctor in England. Then please let us have socialized medicine here in the United States of America. But So here's my thing. This dude is clearly rich. He's clearly wanted to just go to L.A. and be famous forever. And yet he goes on this whole fucking journey where he like goes to Oxford and he works in the financial industry for a while. And then he goes to fucking Hollywood or Harvard Business School to like at any point in this guy's life, he just could have moved to fucking Los Angeles. There was nothing that was ever stopping him from going to Los Angeles. It, it drives me crazy. Yeah, no, it's, it's so you insane. No, 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 no. There are plastic surgeons in Edmond, Oklahoma, a suburb of where <laughs> I grew up. Yeah, but he has like a five-year career working in the financial industry. It's like, just go to Hollywood, you weirdo. Yeah, like, well, he did like, <laughs> rich, like, that rich boy thing where he's like, I'm not good at this. Can I have a different job? Uh, yeah, yeah. He tries to be an on-the-floor uh, like, trader, and he doesn't like it, and he literally goes to his boss and asks um, if he can have another job. Me, Could uh, you imagine boss? ever being having the power to do that in your life? <laughs> hey, um, boss, I was thinking that this is a little too hard. Can I have a job that I don't have to do anything? Please. <laughs> yeah, oh, I was so mad. The first chapter of this book is the most, like, upsetting. It's all just him talking about his fucking, like, rich, easy life. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's why he relates to millennials so well, because that's what ignorant people think we do. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't get up and do a job every day to pay my taxes. Yeah, and we're the, that's like the joke about like the millennial workplace. You got to cater to all of their like pussy little wants and desires. They got to have a pool table or whatever, you know? Like what we all we want is a fucking living wage. Yeah, just like we have that stuff in my work. I never use it. Oh. You know, because like, I'm too busy doing my job. It was the worst. In my old job, they would like make you go. We would do like you got a yearly promotion, right? But it was tiered, and to get into the highest tiered promotion, like they made you cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, as in there was like different, different oh, levels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but you had to go to all the barbecues and stuff. If you didn't go to every corporate event that year, you weren't eligible for the highest promotion. So you could have been like their best employee for the entire year, and they're like, "Well, you're not coming to the barbecues enough." It was yeah. the fucking war. You missed that barbecue because <laughs> your dad had to go and die. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, sorry, hey. only. You know, life ain't fair, buddy. <laughs> but hey, you're getting an extra $2 this year. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, hey, Chris. Yeah. You picking this up? I am. Okay. I'll, I'm probably just going to edit it in. <laughs> Ask your next question. <laughs> okay. Uh, what is your favorite passage in the book? This, okay. is, this is the big one. The big dog. <laughs> mm, 
He calls Kim Kardashian a new school feminist. It's pretty, it's pretty laughable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. At the end of the day, Kim Kardashian. Is a... <laughs> Turn the music off. <laughs> Why? Because we'll get we'll get flagged and it'll be weird, Dad. <laughs> no, no. So, come on, I love this song. Fine. Okay, never mind. <laughs> go for it. At the end of the day, Kim Kardashian is truly distinctive. She is a celebrity who has gained and retained our interest by consistently surprising us, not just with her naked antics, but with her very being. Millennials crave authenticity and realness. <laughs> no, people just want to look at her naked. Yeah. I hate saying that. Well, and she, but it's the harsh reality. Yeah, and she has a brand, which is like the least authentic thing you can be, right? Yeah. Like, there's nothing fucking authentic about the Kim Kardashian phone game, which is where she makes like most of her money. Or her, he, there's she even, talks about that phone game so much. Yeah, and there's even a part of this book where he talks about like, well, the reason millennials are so, and also like, we were talking about this, the millennial label is like such a dumb, like, yeah. it's like a stupid build your career around. Like, it's, I'm going to be the business guy who knows it's about It's called someone a hipster now. Yeah, it's, it means nothing. It just uh, embarrassing <laughs> to hear someone say it. But he also talks about, like, well, they're so good at knowing when people are being fake because reality TV is so fake. And it's like, yeah, Kim Kardashian is the creator of that fucking fake environment reality TV. Like, that that's her whole empire is that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so it totally, like, he makes fun of, like, all the stuff Kim Kardashian actually is and then invents her as this, like, honest feminist, like, celebrity we should all be praising. <laughs> Look, I honestly, I don't know anything about feminist theory. Yeah. I wouldn't call myself a feminist. Yeah. Simply because I'm not educated enough. Sure. I am surely 100% supportive of the feminist movement. And yeah. I have friends who I, I love and hold dearly who are involved in the feminist movement. I think it's a great thing. Mm -hmm. But, and this is, I'm admittingly speaking in ignorance... I think Kim Kardashian probably sets feminism back, right? <laughs> I'll say this. There are things Kim Kardashian does that I think are good things. Like, she, she talks about the Armenian genocide a lot. Like, she's a big, like, supporter of, like, acknowledging. But, like, the, the, person, the person he's building in this book is not the person, like, she really is. You know? He's, like, created this, like, fake version of her that's, like, a superhero. When in reality, she's just, like, another flawed celebrity, you know? Like, it's like how people talk about George Washington or Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> yeah. Really, they were just a couple, like, sociopathic perverts. For sure. And this is, like, such an American... I guess it's not totally true, but it's a it's a, an American problem, certainly, is that, like, we want our... <laughs> we want our celebrities to be, like... To be, like, real heroes, right? Like, instead of just people. Instead <laughs> of just dummies who are on TV, you know? Like, you and me have hung around show business people forever. They're, they're all just, like... We're all just idiots. You kind of have to be an idiot to think you can make a living in yeah. show business. Garrett Hedlund is really mean. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, this was my favorite uh, passage from this book. Uh, it was the morning my friend Christian, a powerful porn executive, invited me to a studio in the porn capital of the world, the San Fernando Valley. Yeah, just a short drive from Hollywood. That's when I first witnessed gay for pay in action, when the ripped guy I recognized as the devoted husband with two kids from my gym walked onto the set naked. From my gym who blows 
and nonchalantly took his position, ready for his cock-and-ass close-up. I later learned that the actor, Sebastian, why does he name-check this poor guy? <laughs> was in fact straight off-camera, but saw no conflict in getting paid to be gay for the camera. I was suddenly newly resolved to define myself and not let others define me. <laughs> so, so are you just Googling Sebastian gay, gay for a pay? <laughs> Turns out Sebastian is a pretty popular name in the gay community. <laughs> I would bet. <laughs> that, that does not surprise me at all for, for some reason. <laughs> do you, does there, do you, have you noticed anyone who looks like they might be the guy? Yeah, here we go. Let me take a look. Oh, Holy yeah. Lord, check out that thing. That's a huge hog. That is, oh my God. It's, that one's kind of funny. It's... When you're standing up and you have a boner, it's always silly looking. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, well, he's like, he's doing that it like... Just looks, it looks weird. <laughs> At least that guy's penis seems like... <laughs> Did you use the funny picture? Uh, <laughs> leather daddies. Who doesn't love a good leather daddy? I'm a leather daddy. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's a gay little locker room top for you. <laughs> I haven't worn a jockstrap in so long. Do not miss it. I tell you that much. Let's see here. What were we just talking about? Sorry, I was checking my gram. Again, you can follow me. It's newbile.nfl.fan. I was going to say, um, the uh, the other section from this book that really stood out to me was he has a section about the Dalai Lama versus Elon Musk. Oh my god. <laughs> Where, he uh, hates the Dalai Lama. Well, he just wants he wants the Dalai Lama to be a religious extremist. And... Uh, and uh, there's a part where he's talking like, uh, Isn't that outrageous? He's so where outrageous. He, he says the Dalai Lama should endorse violence. Oh, well, here's the passage. This is, this is the big Oh, one. this is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Once you learn that the Dalai Lama is besties with Richard Gere, is on Sharon Stone's speed dial for impromptu spiritual work. I know I interrupt you a lot, but quick time out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's probably a lot, a lot of other celebrities he could have name-checked, right? <laughs> But they are like those are the two like uh, oh Bono. That's like the Simpsons. The Simpsons joke you would make about who was on the Dalai Lama's speed dial would be Richard Gere and Sharon Stone, right? Like ten years ago. Sure, I don't know. <laughs> okay. This book was written like six months ago. Yes, absolutely. Which is one of the weirdest things about it because he does talk a lot about like early two thousands like weird drama. But anyways, uh, uh, and has said that a female successor is possible, but the female must be attractive. Otherwise, that is not much use. It's hard to see him as the great spiritual leader we've been sold. Oh, boy. I can't believe that. Uh, in fact, uh, a visual of the Dalai Lama getting real and a little enraged might well be more credible, especially considering that the, that the state of despair in Tibet has driven more than two dozen Buddhist monks and nuns to deeply un-Buddhist act of public suicide. What if the international icon set himself on fire in front of the White House? Yeah, dude. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> what a weird criticism. Like I <laughs> I like the Dalai Lama, but I really wish he would set himself on fire some more. What? I don't even have anything to say to that. Yeah. But then he compares him to Elon Musk, and he loves Elon Musk. But he loves Elon Musk mostly you know, because you know Elon Musk is really mean to his employees. Like treats him like shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's super anti-union too. He's a huge piece of shit. But like one of the things he points out is he's like, 
Elon Musk once yelled at one of his employees for taking time off to see his newborn baby. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh yeah, what a, what a what a cool, like awesome this. dude. What a great leader. <laughs> I couldn't imagine my boss treating me that way. I know. That's all I could think too. Like, why would you ever? No matter who the guy you're working for is, why would you put up with that shit? I told my boss some shit that I was going through one time, and he was like, "Hey, man, if you ever want to talk, like, you if you ever have anything to talk about, you can just look at me as a guy first. Yeah. And boss that's, cool. you know, no, I this my boss is awesome. I love him. He's yeah. the coolest boss I've ever had. I couldn't imagine working for somebody who treated me like that. Yeah, it's it's awful. Maybe that's just because I'm a pussified millennial. <laughs> this guy kinda sounds like a libertarian, right? Don't libertarian dorks love Elon Musk? Oh, he's for sure. I mean he's definitely I mean I was gonna do this as a disclaimer and be like neckbeard dude. Let's, like let's just get Musk. this out of the way. This dude is a piece of shit capitalist who totally believes that, you know, anything that makes money is moral and good. Uh, but that's totally what he is. Like, what his political beliefs are, I don't know. But he certainly believes, like, making a profit is always good, no matter what you had to do to make a profit, you know? That's sort of his ideology. Hey, it's all about that cash. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of cash, uh, wet cash every Friday at Dark Tower Comics. We have an incredible lineup every week. Come check it out. Doors at 7.30, show at 8. It's a good show. You really should go. I, to be honest with you, is this the first time we've advertised wet cash on this podcast? I don't. I don't like to mix. You know, <laughs> I don't want to mix my personal life with my work life. Um, is there any other stories from this book you wanted to talk about? I think I've talked about everything I needed to talk. There's like some line in this book I highlighted, it, but I highlighted so much. <laughs> we we highlighted literally like paragraphs in this book. Like it's so bad. <laughs> There's nothing I can. Um, but like he uh, he says like. Uh, like, you shouldn't be concerned with mixing your private and personal lives. Yeah. Call me stupid. Aren't those the same thing? <laughs> Aren't those just synonyms for each other? Well, he's not... A, and this is my thing. He's not a smart guy, right? Well, he is. And Oxford and Harvard, Chris. We, we did a whole thing <laughs> We were talking earlier about, like... It's not that he's a bad writer. I mean... He's an okay He's writer. an okay... He's not good. But he's not awful, either. But, like, everything is so boring in this book. Like, it's either, like, he's talking about a study he did that he doesn't cite or, like, a story from his life that's, like, totally uninteresting. This book was so hard to get through. <laughs> it's terrible. Dude, this book is so well-reviewed. <laughs> yeah, well, I, we well, let, let's talk about this real quick, I guess. We tried to start a Twitter beef with him today. He got a lot of retweets on his uh, response to Certainly, our tweet. Like, I mean, so he's like, getting engagement at the very least. Not all this shit is wrong, maybe. <laughs> I mean, he has some. I don't know. Yeah, but the the times he's right is he's saying stuff that's like obvious, like his whole thing about like, well, YouTubers are popular because PewDiePie makes like sixty five million dollars, right? It's like cool, but like everyone could have figured that out. You are not like some like cool yeah, business you're, you're not some business genius who's like the only guy who notices the, yeah. the, the top three youtubers make a lot of money you know <laughs> you read something in the news about that yeah How that was reported to you you didn't do a study yeah but he acts like he's like invented everything like his he, his first big claim to fame is uh 
he noticed Jay-Z wasn't as popular as he once was, like, in 2010. And he wrote a piece about it, and he acted like, I'm the only guy who noticed Jay-Z is not as popular as he was in 1998, you know? It's like, great, you're you're a fucking genius. And also, Jay-Z doesn't really even concern himself with rapping No, 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 no. no, Because he has a business. Yeah, he's totally become an entrepreneur, yeah. Yeah, He doesn't care about making music, and more power to him. He doesn't have to. This book sucked. This book did suck. Um, that's all I have to say about it. I'm done. I'm ready to be over and never think about this book again. Oh, man. (laughs) What have we done? I don't know. Um, Should we read reviews? Do you even want to? (laughs) Yeah, I want to read this one. Okay, yeah. If you've got a, if you got a, I looked for a funny one and I didn't find one, but if you found a funny one. Um, it's not really funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's just this Maggie A on Amazon saying that um, I understand the need to be completely authentic when promoting yourself, but I do not buy into the fact that everything has to be so extreme in order to do it. I agree with that. Sure. That's pretty reasonable. Um, I feel like it's a lot of like... How do I put this delicately? A lot of people that get really excited about the Bachelor, like this book. <laughs> yes, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the X Factor. This is like a book for you're already an Instagram model and yeah. you want to improve your Instagram model game, right? Mm-hmm. Speaking of Instagram, I'm recently on Instagram. You can follow <laughs> me at nubile.nfl.fan. I'm looking forward to seeing you online. All right. Well, uh, there's a couple things I want to talk about really quick. Yeah, okay. About this book or. <laughs> Just like I need to talk. Yeah, okay. Um, sometimes I'll like, interrupt you or talk over you, and I'm sorry. I'm trying to get better about it. Wait, that's I okay. get so excited when we're talking. We have a, I think it's part of our rapport. It is, but I'm, I'm self-conscious about it. And right now, I'm exposing my flaws, and I'm, being, I'm intimating. Okay, well, if we're doing that, I'll expose my flaws. Sometimes you're doing a riff, and I will check out for a second, because I'm looking for the next passage to read. And I feel like I'm being an unsupportive comedic partner. I do that too, so I, I understand what it's like. <laughs> yeah. And then I check in, and I'm like, oh no, he's doing a comedy bit, and I haven't been what? paying attention to it. <laughs> but man, we got a lot of source material. Yeah, you yeah. Know? This, this, is a, I understand. this is a big dig. I had to really dig through. I highlighted so much fucking text yeah, in this Yeah, I didn't even get to like 1% of what I <laughs> Yes, yeah, same, for sure. <laughs> um, There's another thing I want to talk about. Yeah. I want to tell them about how we did some guy stuff yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, we did. We took apart some furniture and unloaded it from a van. Mm-hmm. I got a new bed frame. What do you mean I had to tell them? It makes me... It's very adult. I got a very adult bed frame. Yeah, hell yeah. You're excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like a guy in his 30s, finally. I have a nice bed frame. Good for you. I slept on an air, a half-deflated air mattress. Hell yeah. Or was it half-inflated? <laughs> this is about your worldview. Uh, <laughs> um... I slept on a half-inflated air mattress for, like, nine months, and then I got my first Ikea bed. Yeah. I know the feeling. It's it's great. When you upgrade bedding, it's always like... I wanted to lay in bed all weekend. Yeah. I was so excited. Um, what else do we got going on? Well, um, uh, we got a few podcast uh, announcements. Yeah, is it really the time to do that? Oh, uh, well, if you don't want to do the big one, we can at least uh, tease that there is going to be a big one. And then, uh, tease me, daddy. <laughs> uh, tease me while mommy's <laughs> on business. 
we can say another announcement, which is the book we're the next book we're going to be reading. Uh, in case anybody wants to uh, check it out beforehand, by we're going to try to be better about doing that. My second favorite author and my <laughs> favorite president, George W. Bush, number forty-three. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna review George W. Bush's uh, new paintings, books of paintings, portraits uh, of courage, portraits of courage about uh, all the soldiers he sent to die in Iraq. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I was the last thing you saw. So uh, pick up uh, pick up a copy of that at the library. Hopefully, I don't want anyone uh, giving that war criminal any money. Yeah, but he's so such like, a funny, cute guy though. Like, oh, he was on Ellen. <laughs> So wait, uh, Jimmy Fallon <laughs> is getting shit for his Trump thing, but like no one's calling Ellen oh, on like Kevin. At Kevin. least on left Twitter, Ellen got a ton of shit. That's about a rabbit him. hole. I'm yeah, not yeah, even yeah, 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 you know, yeah. because it's all of the works. <laughs> I don't care how much I agree with you. It's if you're bitching about shit on Twitter and not using it for grotesque jokes, sure. you're a dork. I do enough left Twittering for the both of us. Leave yeah, it, leave yeah. it to me, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> Promote the podcast. <laughs> but yes, it's. It's my pin tweet. It's always my pin tweet. But uh, oh, here's uh, something that speaks for this book. Um, customers also viewed the the oh, I can't talk. <laughs> customers also viewed these items. The top two books are about Kim Kardashian, and the third book is nevertheless a memoir by Alec Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> and that's his new one, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, this is a, a future teaser. Alec Baldwin has a book about. Divorce court and father's rights, and I really, really, really want to read oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> That's like divorce court and father's rights is like should be the number one motto of Dumb Guy Book Club. <laughs> also, here on Dumb Guy Book Club, we are firm believers in the First Amendment. We're not afraid to use our Second Amendment rights to protect our First Amendment yeah, rights. We will. Limited government. We both got we both got two guns on us at all times. Limited cool. government, but I'd really appreciate a disability check. <laughs> And please keep my Medicare. <laughs> please, I need that. <laughs> Dr. St. Chief. Um, oh, boy. Uh, there's something else. Oh, yeah. Hey, when we were doing that painting book, uh, we're going to have a visual aid of sorts. We'll post about it. We'll put a link on. Can we do the link on the SoundCloud? Yeah, we can do that. And, and, so we'll have uh, a visual aid. And we're going to be describing the paintings we're looking at. It's going to be kind of different, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be kind of a quickie. Yeah. But it'll be enjoyable. Um Come check out Wet Cash every Friday. Hell yeah. Um, got we, me and Chris and a couple other people have a secret project in the works. I got a, I got another secret project in the works. We'll hear some more about a lot of secret projects in yeah, the works right do. now. Uh, and hopefully the 60 of you who listen to this podcast will come check out some of our live stuff. Yeah. It's um, fun. We're fun. We're good people. Fun. If you don't know us personally, come check us out. Say you like the podcast. All right. Well, Diana made some oven pizza some Okay. Ciao. Bye, guys. Hey, guys. This is Jacob. Thank you so much for listening to Dumb Guy Book Club. If you have any questions or concerns or a recommendation, perhaps, we'd love to hear it. You can shoot us an email at dumbguybookpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at dumbguybookclub. You can find me on Twitter as well, at Jack Blowery. That's J-A-C-K-B as in boy, L-O-W-R-E-Y. I suggest you follow Chris Rice as well. That's at Chris Rice Party. If you like our intro song, it's called The Skim by Rad Payoff. I suggest you find him on Spotify if you like kick-ass bands. Thanks a lot and have a great night.